0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to a study in games podcast. I'm Robbie Hunt. I'm Brad. I'm Joe.
1: I'm Olivia.
2: And I'm Tanner.
0: And continuing our mobile games theme for this season, this month we played Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of the Lions for iOS or Android. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics was originally a PlayStation game and it got ported uh, to mobile platforms in, well, to PlayStation Portable in 2007. And then later it was brought to iOS and Android, developed and published by Square Enix. And then the port was done by High Corporation. And as the name implies, it is a turn-based tactics game, which t- uh, takes some of, some elements, some design cues from the Final Fantasy series. So let's get into it with uh, what's everybody's sort of first impressions of the game.
2: I'll go. Okay. Uh, it's really hard. <laughs> that was, that was the, the sort of overwhelming uh, aspect. Uh, I it, well, so at least I thought I was pretty okay at tactics games. Um, but I got like roadblocked pretty early on. Uh, but I think it's gonna be interesting to dive into uh, this is a port for mobile. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited to dive into that part too. Um, I agree. That it is hard. Um, I like tactics games, but I generally don't like these sorts of tactics games. But it was the first tactics games I ever played, so I guess that's why I'm uh, nostalgic for it, I guess. So that probably colors what I think of it.
2: Absolutely. And just to clarify, I uh, I enjoyed like the parts I was able to get through. Uh, I was just kind of surprised.
0: Yeah, I think when it, because I started with this game, I always thought... Well, I like tactics games. I'm just bad at them. But now over the years, I've come to realize, oh, no, I I like tactics games and I'm good at them. It's just some of them are hard. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, so I had actually played this game before. Uh, and so my introduction to tactics games was actually Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which was like, an interesting sort of retelling of the sort of same story of this game. We can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, this port—I I played it before, and it was way harder than I remembered it being. Uh, it, and it's super interesting because the—I feel like it, it, my gut told me that this was going to be this is a good choice for them to port to mobile, but they made some really weird ch- design choices about how it got ported. Um, but yeah, I definitely still find it enjoyable but it's definitely different than what I remembered.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I am glad you guys said it was hard because I was really scared that I was just playing it Me really too. stupidly. <laughs> and Me too. Me like, <laughs> <laughs> um, too. What, what's interesting, and one of the things I really want to talk about is um, just the kind of numerical density of it that I think is interesting. And um, also at some point, I think it'd be interesting to talk about how tutorials have changed. Um, and I, yeah. I cast... I obviously can't say for sure whether the port tutorial is, is the same as what happened on the consoles or whatever, but um, but the tutorial was so separated from the rest of the game, which was something I think would be interesting to talk about some more too,
4: and um, and so dense.
3: Yeah, there was a lot to cover in each tutorial segment and and a lot to remember. Um yeah. that, that then when I got into the main game. Anyway, this is initial thoughts, so I'm gonna stop now. But but there is a lot of interesting design stuff to talk about for sure. And and uh I'd also like to talk about the tactic genre and what we consider is in it, because I think that's an interesting conversation too.
4: Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. Uh I had a similar experience to what you said, Joe. Um and and Tanner, uh, it was hard. It seemed like a lot of roadblocks, and it seemed like um, the interface itself made a lot of it unnecessarily difficult. Um, I know that they were trying to stay, um, stay authentic to the original, and and pulling it from a port that way. But I mean, the the way that they did the interface with it, uh, it it didn't seem to serve the 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 purpose of getting it to a mobile uh, platform uh, very well. It was just really kludgy, uh, fiddly, uh, lots of menus to get lost in, uh, the, being so tiny on a small screen. Um, but so many of those little interface elements uh, made what seemed like it would have been a really in-depth game of character development and lots of cool skills and really cool uh really fine fine tuning customizations for for your party and your characters. it just made it so hard to get to not only that information but just to that place in the game uh for me because it was just it was kind of just hard to navigate
3: so can can we back up for one second, Robbie and Olivia? Can you guys say a little bit about what changes you are aware of between the original and the port?
1: So that's actually a surprisingly complicated question. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, because, (laughs) so it depends on what you're referring to as the original. Because, so Final Fantasy Tactics was a game for PlayStation. It got remastered into Tactics War of the Lions, which then got ported to PSP, which then got ported to mobile. Oh my gosh. So this game has gone places. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, And all of those things happened, like, years apart from one another like
0: <laughs> yeah so this is the port of the most recent PSP game um which and I, as far as I can tell the changes are relatively minimal I haven't played I never I didn't play the PSP but I did a little bit of reading and I just think from what I've seen there's some stuff that you unlock in the PSP version that, that you don't have to unlock in this one you just have access to already Ah, uh, okay mm-hmm.
1: So it's easier. (laughs) Technically, (laughs) yes. Uh, Yeah, so I actually, so my, and again, the version I played was the PSP one. Ah, uh, but it's been a really long time, uh, and so, but I remember not having the tutorialization issues that this one has. So I actually don't know if sort of, because just to clarify to listeners that haven't played the port. Um, so this game starts, and you can do a tutorial from like this the main menu, but it's just like essentially a help desk where you can ask. Like, it's just like a big FAQ. It's text. Yeah, it's just a big. It's a big FAQ about like how to do different things in the game and and at the point where you first start like I don't even know what
0: you don't even know that what it's ask.
1: talking about yeah, yeah. so yeah. um and it's so I literally even though I didn't really remember much about the game when I started it I did the first one and then I closed it I was like I'll just figure it out because I'm not going to sit here and read this just to play the game
2: yeah Um, i did the same thing
1: now the the nice thing is and honestly so i like that format as just something you can access anytime from like the pause menu so they which they do let you do but as the exclusive form of tutorial it's just not helpful and essentially just everything else was trial and error and since the game is so hard it's hard to you can't make progress if you if you don't know about those things because you have to you have to be like on the top of your game from the get-go. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And uh, that was one of, I felt like that was a roadblock.
0: I think um, sort of the, the this game sort of came out during a time where hiding information from the players and, and giving them lots to sort of figure out on their own maybe was more of a, It was something that people sort of, uh, they sought that out. Yep. And there was a lot of players that sort of really craved that, especially, I mean, the original came out in like 97, 98. So give them these systems that they can figure out on their own and throw all these numbers at them and expose a lot of it for them to sort of figure out on their own. I think that was sort of maybe a goal, maybe even desirable back then.
4: So even, you're saying so too. you're saying we've just become lazier in the in the age of uh, no of, of mobile games we've, we're just way lazier now.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think maybe tastes have changed, and I think the potential demographic also has has changed. There's still people that right. like that kind of thing, <laughs> right. but I think they're they're such a small piece of the overall gamer pie that. You know now when you design things you sort of design things for maybe people that don't like spreadsheets
2: right and i I think even even if you do like that uh there are so many more games now like it's it's an endless torrent of games so if like you know i couldn't figure out how to use phoenix down um which probably would have helped you know help me pass that section uh because You know, I was like, okay, here's a sport item. Uh, I know the chemists can use potions, uh, so how do I get them to use a phoenix down? And I I never was able to figure it out. Um, So I think, I think, I think maybe we've gotten better at exposing the right parts of the system to try and keep people hooked.
1: Interesting thing about that is that's also coming from somebody who has played Final Fantasy games and knows what a Phoenix down is. I was (laughs) was just about
0: to say that. So I think this, this actually, this just came up to me and it's, it's related to everything we're talking about, how I think part of it is that this builds off of knowledge that people already have about Final Fantasy and tactics games. And if you were in, if you were playing games in 97 and you were already a fan of games of these sorts of games, then not a lot of this is going to be new to you. More recently, I was playing um, the Bravely Default 2 sequel, which takes a million different design cues from Final Fantasy and even uses the same names for spells and the same names for items, and it just kind of throws you in. And so there's there's er, there's like echo um, herbs and there's uh, eye drops and there's phoenix downs and potions, and the game doesn't really I mean, you can mouse over it and it will tell you what it does, but there's no tutorial telling you, hey, you're going to want to use this. This is what this does. Pay attention to this. It just sort of gives you these things. And I'm able to jump in because I've played Final Fantasy my whole life. And there's a lot of that. And it's especially present here where they're just sort of relying on, you get what gaming is. And that's kind of what gaming was in 97.
1: It's also interesting too, because like, I mean, this game came out like this wasn't or this isn't a recent Final Fantasy game where it's so established in in the forefront of everyone's mind that that maybe even if you haven't played it before, you might be able to figure it out. But uh, but they still just relied on people wanting to sort of figure out how it works. And I definitely think there's a lot of that going on with the design in this game. And and honestly, so the first time I played these sorts of games, so tactics advance and this one, um, I sort of liked that about it because then I felt like one of the cool, smart people who, who figured it out. Right. And I had the time to spend, you know, a hundred hours, you know, (laughs) in my bedroom, just sitting there doing nothing but playing this game and trying different things to figure it out. Um, But it just makes it really inaccessible. And, Honestly, as a port, I feel like they should have done more to ease that transition. Um, and it makes it hard for me to feel like the port was very successful for that reason.
4: Yeah, I, thing, I would agree with that.
3: The other thing that's pretty interesting to me, I just got done reading uh, a master's thesis about the history of game manuals, which was really interesting. And uh, um, if you think about the relationship of like print manuals to games... Um, And the ways that they used to be, um, and, and all the other kind of documentation, like, so strategy guides are a great example, right? So, so strategy guides, like in 97, you would have definitely gone to the bookstore and bought a strategy guide that would have been like the way to, you know, help you process some of what was happening. And, um, and there are economic reasons why that would have been useful to a game company, but it's also like part of that whole thing you were saying before, Olivia, which is like getting that insider knowledge and, and, uh, you know that wasn't easily accessible in a hundred other places, and and wasn't yet built into games in the way that it is now, like through tutorial levels and and that kind of thing. And um, anyway, it's it's just interesting in light of how how manuals and other documentation have changed as well. Yeah, and,
1: and talking about it in that terms also makes me want to compare it to other slight, more slightly modern games that still reward that sort of thing. So I'm thinking Tales of Bajayal, which we did an episode on. Like yeah. it's it's a roguelike game that also doesn't tell you a lot about everything, right? I mean, there's sort of now there's this sort of social level of being able to Google it and find forums and stuff, but, uh, but also because it's a roguelike, there's a much, much more different dynamic in the nature of spending your time learning about the system. Right. Whereas in this game, it's like a it's a permadeath tactics game, where losing one person could mean that you just can't progress in the game at some <laughs> points. Uh, so it's just really interesting. And and I joked about this with Tanner earlier, but uh, and but it feels very like brutal just to be brutal. Like it feels Dark Souls-like <laughs> in that way. And I was trying to avoid using that just because it's funny because everything's the Dark Souls of X. But but with the difficulty combined with sort of the hidden systems, uh, it sort of feels that way. Well,
4: so I have to ask if, I, I think all five of us have kind of come up and, and articulated at least one sort of thing that you would kind of consider a fault of this game. One or one thing or another, um, whether it's the interface or the, the, uh the, the hardness, the difficulty of it, what is the draw of this game? What, what makes this game popular and what makes people want to buy it for the thir- what was it? 1399 price point, which is one of the most expensive games on the app store. So, um, is it just nostalgia? I mean, sort of, but I think, I think you're asking
0: many different layers of many different questions. Sure, sure. Yeah. So this game is popular because it has been popular for 20 years. Well, not 20 years. Well, so nostalgia. Well, uh, no, what I'm saying is like the, there's the game, Final Fantasy Tactics, and it itself is a good game. And, but it has been ported through many things, okay. and now it exists in the context of now. But that doesn't right. mean that it's not. You know what I mean? Like, like when you, this is me speaking personally of my opinion. But when I read a very old novel, I feel like it's boring. Or like when I watch an old movie, I feel like this is very boring. But I have to put on a different hat when I when I play it. You know what I mean? I have to consider yeah. it in like yeah. what it is, and then I can appreciate. It. So I think when when this game came out, I think it was one of the better tactics games. And yes, it was hard, but once you once you kind of figured it out and maybe grind, once you grind a little bit and build up your, uh, your, I keep wanting to call them guys. Cause I, I'm like reverting back to being in high school. <laughs> once you level up your guys, you know, and then uh, your dudes. Your yeah, dudes. once you level up your dudes, the dudes. Um, then, then you then a lot of the other stuff comes out. And once you start unlocking all these other jobs yeah. and you, you figure out the cool ways that the jobs sort of interact That system is very rich and deep. Um,
1: The job system from this game has continued to carry forth not just in other Final Fantasy games, but in other games too. And it's—I find it really, really successful system for sort of the way that it gives characters their abilities, and and it's very satisfying.
0: Yeah. So I, I think part of what they were doing with with this mobile port was. A, a, a big part of what I feel makes these sorts of games enjoyable, especially on a console, is the the um, the sort of muscle memory that you get into for how to move from menu to menu as you're executing your plans. Part of that is sort of enjoyable, but it doesn't translate well to the touchscreen. They opted for, instead of having a, sort of a virtual keypad, they sort of hybrided... So, like you you can swipe up and down anywhere on the screen to move up and down the menu, but you can't click on menu options. But you can click on the grid of the actual map to move your characters. And I just don't think that really translates well. Like it just Not at it all. feels bad to do.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's the, it's a, go ahead.
3: Sorry, Joe. I was just going to say quickly, and the number of intermediate points is is so. I mean, again, there's a lot to process, but at the same time, it, it just feels like every action requires so many steps. And in a way that just, it feels so counter to what we, or at least what I expect from mobile mobile uh, gaming, that it really, it, I think that was really a stumbling block for sure.
0: Oh, there's one, sorry, this is way circling back, but one difference between this version and the original is that this version has cutscenes. And the oh. other one, the other yeah. one did not.
1: War of the Lions. Very did, though, long. On PSP. War,
0: well, yes, yes. War of the Lions does, but original Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Tactics doesn't have cutscenes. And also, War War of the Lions has an updated translation on the PlayStation yep. version. A lot of the sentences were much shorter, and in this one, they expanded it with much more flowery language, um, which you know may may or may not work. But still, there's <laughs> there's technically just more content or more like the script is way bigger. Right.
1: So, and also to answer your question, Brad, about like why people seek these games out, uh, this one in particular, because it's a port, I honestly do feel like the only reason this exists on mobile was because they could do it relatively cheaply. And then some people like us would buy it. <laughs> um, well, uh, because I do not feel like this is yeah. supposed to be like a unique, interpretation of the game or to really even bring it to a new audience like i just don't get the because it's so difficult to wrestle with that i don't feel like that there's it's going to bring too many new people into it but um but also i just feel like in general the the reason why these games are so and the reason why people wrestle with them to get through it is is honestly because of the plot um most at least in my eyes final fantasy games are known for these really interesting epic fantasy stories um and, and and this one's no exception but it's it's also really strange how they sort of just throw you into it uh and and there's so much context that they just hope that you absorb from from reading the very flowery dialogue uh but i do feel like that's a big appeal of this sort of game is that sort of fantasy novel story
0: yeah and uh- I don't think that they developed this for mobile as simply a cash, tra- cash grab. Maybe part of it um, was—that's
1: definitely an oversimplification.
0: But. And, and I and I think the reason why it's thirteen ninety nine is because it's a full game, and like it's it's honestly worth
1: thirteen
0: ninety nine. Even uh, yes, the interface is hard, but they didn't develop it with a purposefully hard interface. And if you were going to buy this on a Switch or for a PS Four or something and it was $13.99, you would think, oh, great, yeah, that's a fairer price for this game. It's a full tactics
4: game. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, you say that they didn't develop it um, with with the hard interface in mind, but they, I mean, the flip of that is true too. They they also didn't, they didn't make the interface, they didn't seem to make the interface that much uh, more user-friendly for the iPhone. If you compare this to something like, another tactical game with a lot of big rich story and rich character development for iPhone, like the, the port of Banner Saga, for example. Um, It's a pretty straight port and the interface to it is just super smooth. Um, Yeah. I I don't know the
0: process that they would have used to, to port it over. Yeah. But I bet they thought that they were, they were being smart and clever because those 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 menu boxes and stuff are pretty small, and m- mobile phones are a lot bigger now. But when this first was brought over, phones were on average sm- smaller, and they probably thought, you know what? We have these very small menus. We can't expect people to click on them. But what if we had a system where you can just kind of scroll up and down, and then confirm with the OK button? But I, I can yeah. I can imagine a meeting. <laughs> where that seems like a really good idea. Right. And and I can imagine if, if all you're doing is showing someone the prototype of, look, this is how we interact with menus. They would think, oh, that's cool. But once you sit with it for hours.
4: Yeah. Right, right. It it took me, like the first time that I played, the, my whole play experience, which was, I don't know, 30 minutes or more, um, was just the tutorial. Just, Going through all the pieces of the tutorial, reading all the stuff, and and probably the intro as well, the the big long cutscene intro. Um, but that was that was my whole game session. Was just getting to where I got through the tutorial, and then like Joe was saying, by the time I got through it, I had forgotten <laughs> just about everything that you know whatever it had taught me. So I had to keep going back through it the next time I played, um, and that was that was a bit uh, a bit much.
3: So can I back up a second? Because I'm curious. Um, this is the first Final Fantasy game I've ever played. I'm so um, sorry. <laughs> so how, f- how long had the series existed when this game came along?
0: If I had to guess, I bet this came out around, like maybe before Final Fantasy VII. In fact, I think when it first came out, it was packaged with a demo of Final Fantasy VII. Okay. I'm going to Google that now.
3: <laughs> thanks the reason i ask is because um something olivia said made me think about just yeah the kind of oh, almost uh, not really overwhelming but the amount of sort of expected knowledge that the cutscenes like what the world was what lands were involved oh. who was who like yeah
2: so I real, real quick that,
0: yeah go ahead
1: yeah yeah
0: no no final fantasy games share world i mean very few of them share yeah. the world oh so
1: I'll just really quickly. So every final fan- numbered <laughs> final fantasy game
0: speak slowly.
1: <laughs> is in a separate it's a separate pl- it's the separate universe. Like oh, they're not Okay. uh they're they're not actually sequels. They're not relying on each other in any way. Oh. Uh they they're just sort of treated as like parallel universes like they'll sometimes share characters that are similar to one another uh, that have the same name but they're not the same person gotcha or the creatures will be the same and again the items and everything but yeah the setting is totally unique Interesting. That being and the, and said, the magic <laughs>
0: systems are different and the oh, yeah. glasses are different and the yeah. setting is different
1: but huh. they're similar to one another right they're like they're sort of iterations on the same sort of I'm,
0: i mean sort of like yeah. you know you take the first games where it's just it's almost yeah. like a like a two D D and D, but then you have something like Final Fantasy VIII, where it's mm-hmm. almost a fantasy sci fi game.
1: Yeah. So right. so, but but that being said, so this game in particular is probably the one that ended up being expanded on the most because there's more than there's a couple different games in this particular setting. Okay. So this one is in the same universe as Final Fantasy Twelve. Uh, this (laughs) is, it takes place like a few hundred years after that game. Okay. Uh, and it's the same as Tactics Advance. It's the same as, uh, one called Vagrant Story. Gotcha. So while they reuse some of the settings, yeah, they're not related. Context is interesting to sort of the plot of this game too.
2: Right. Right. it also came out like a decade before Final Fantasy VII, unless Tactics has a different setting than War of the Lions.
1: Uh, Yeah, it, it does.
2: Wait, no.
0: It, wait, no. no. No, no. It definitely came out the, around the, the same year as Final yeah. Fantasy
1: VII.
2: Maybe I, I, I think I misspoke Final Fantasy XII, the oh, Evil setting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this would oh, have been yes, the first yes, game yeah. with the Evil setting.
1: Yes. Yeah. Correct.
2: Interesting.
3: So so would people who had started this game would they have then played at least one game already in theory that had this setting or would this
2: be their no. first okay and this is kind of stylized like you know eclectic high <laughs> fantasy novels where they just kind of dump you in and say okay these kingdoms are at war and these are the right. people that you should kind of care about you know interesting yeah and
0: i think um it's because of the success of this game that those other games take place in this yeah they they
1: really liked the setting and they felt like it was really expansive compared to a lot of the other games uh so i i mean this i imagine that's why they chose to keep keep putting games in the setting
3: interesting Uh, but
1: but honestly this the plot of this game and the style of this game is it's still vastly vastly different than 12 it's still written very differently and it's still telling stories with totally different themes and 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 things. So right. so yeah, they're all totally other than the ones that are like, oh, this is uh thirteen two. Uh so that's <laughs> right. why you you see the ones with those weird titles where those are the actual direct sequels. Gotcha.
3: Well, thanks for that uh, little summary,
2: you guys. I just
1: <laughs> You're welcome. And that is an important context, too, I mean, for listeners, because not everybody's played them or is even all that familiar with them.
2: And also in terms of, like, uh, a hook for the game, right? Like, why are you invested in playing this for the very first time when you pick it up? Um, and there, I think there's a lot there because, uh, like, the genre, like, that this sort of fill, fills, you know, sort of even a, a narrower genre than just tactics games is like still around today and still really popular. I mean, you you have like the, the Bravely series, which is similar in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and there are numerous other very similar games that even though it's using, like we, we've talked a lot about how it's using some sort of like older design approaches. Uh, a lot of those still carry forward into those newer games.
1: Yeah, because I, I will say, and, and I know you brought this up earlier, and I guess this is a good transition. Uh, but this, isn't, this is a tactics game, but it's its own flavor of tactics game. And it's one that inspired others, too. Because um, right. this is not XCOM, right? Like, there's, <laughs> it, it took the sort of idea of like the framing of a tactics game, like you know, Advance Wars and whatever, and it totally did different things with it. Uh and so this I think was the first game that I know of i I think tactics ogre came later. what uh, about
3: fallout tactics was in ninety uh
1: yeah no 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 90. i mean th- this i mean this specific flavor of tactics game, oh I where see it's okay this sort of like the three right. d on like a two d grid yeah. with this the emphasis on like character direction facing and like the verticality of the yes yeah. yeah uh was totally unique when at the time,
3: yeah. Yeah, because Fallout Tactics was just a two D. There was there were obstructions, but there wasn't any any uh, height map
2: as, I, as far as I remember.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I don't think there was.
2: Yeah, and it it definitely felt more in line with XCOM, like in terms of stylistically. And part of that's the ranged. But uh, I played uh, Tactics a little bit, or Fallout Tactics, but.
1: Why do they all put tactics in their name? Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> do we say Call of Duty shooter? No.
3: Well, and it it, it is an interesting question, right? Like, because there are games that I play that mash up tactical combat with all kinds of stuff, and so like there are games that are like four X games that have tactical combat, and I've played several of those, like um, uh, Age of, uh, not Age of, what's it called? They just came out with a new one a few months uh, ago. Um, uh, with It was called Planetfall. What's that series? Um, oh, uh... uh tactics? <laughs> 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 no, Tactics, comma, Planetfall. No, uh, anyway... Age of th- Wonders. Age of Wonders, thank you. Yeah, Age of Wonders does 4X with tactical combat. Um, there, uh, there was a weird game that came out in the mid early 2010s that had, that did something similar
1: there's heroes um, of might and magic which is yeah like yeah a yeah. Regular, yeah. Yep.
4: yeah yeah that does 4x
3: with tactical as well um and then enchantress fallen enchantress i think so a bunch of 4x games that have tactical combat and then obviously brad brought up banner saga um so there there's a kind of range of games that do story plus tactical combat
4: Intermix transistor was tactical combat, right? Uh,
1: um, that one is also very on the edge of what I mean. I, I guess yeah, I would say it yeah. is tactical for sure.
3: And then there's also games that are like puzzlers that do tactical combat, like um, uh, Into the Breach. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: which is is uh, which is an interesting comparison with with this. If you think about some of the challenges of interface, right? I mean, um, I think they ported Into the Breach to mobile, and and it. I think it behaves i mean if it behaves anything like the the computer version it it's it's probably pretty lean, but at the same time it has way fewer numerical like underlying systems um it's a much simpler set of mechanics in in, in there but uh, anyway i I'm just fascinated by all the ways tactical combat shows up in different kinds of games
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean i mean is this It's in my head, I picture like a very strict, like it's a genre, like it's a mechanical genre for games. Right. Yeah. But then you're right. I think about it and it's employed in lots of other games that I wouldn't necessarily think of as quote unquote tactics games. Yeah. Um, But I do think that this particular style of tactics game is a really interesting one. Um, because the vertical, the like sort of the having to deal with line of sight and How high your character can jump, and things like that are—they add just this whole other level to what you have to think about. And it gets more complicated as you get, you know, more diversity to your jobs and stuff. Uh, and so, in that way, they at least—they at least have that progression of complexity, even if they show you like eighty percent of what makes the game hard <laughs> at the very beginning.
3: Uh,
1: but and and I honestly like I I feel like. That, uh, if other than the difficulty, I still feel like that sort of tactics, like mechanics, are still really, really satisfying.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, one of the things that um, I guess bothered me a little bit about this game, even when I first played it, I could tell that I liked it. And because it was my first exposure to turn based tactics games. Um, but I, I get really attached to characters and I don't like the idea of permadeath. And so the next thing that I moved on to after this was Fire Emblem, which is another turn-based tactics game, but, also has, but almost has <laughs> permadeath. And so for a while, I just figured that's just what the genre is. And uh, honestly, when I, was, when I was a kid, I realized this type of game gives me too much anxiety because I'm <laughs> I'm constantly saving and restarting and or or even completely restarting the game because I realized I haven't grinded enough, and I can't pass this level without losing someone. <laughs> and so, yeah. but yeah. And so eventually, I discovered advance wars, where you just have a you know an armly, a, an army of a faceless, nameless, you know right. uh, units, and you just send them off, and if they die, then whatever. And I just found like that real
4: I, war, <laughs> just <laughs> like real
0: war, exactly. Like- and I, I found that I much prefer something like that
1: well actually i i like both like i like the stakes of Permadeath, but i will still restart if i lose the character i'm attached to Uh, and i encountered that a lot when i first played this game even though none of them get lines, like they just are caring, <laughs> right. but, but you still like, there's so much invested in leveling up one character and it's sets you back so far. If you have to hire a new one that there's still the sort of mechanical ties to not wanting them to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I actually found it was interesting. And, and I know this is technically a different game, but uh, tactics advance found a really interesting middle ground. Um, they had judges that would, proceed over the matches. And if you killed someone, they sent you to jail and <laughs> you had to get out. And, but then there's also areas on the map where there were no judges and you could just kill people freely. Um, and so, but it, it they used the setting and, and provided like lore reasons for, uh, for being able to not die.
4: Ah, interesting.
1: Anyway, that was a little bit of an aside. Like-
4: just like real war. <laughs> just like real war. <laughs> uh,
1: um. But so. Uh, so. Sorry, were you about to say something? Me? Yeah. Uh, no,
3: I. I just have a lot of thoughts going at once, so probably know, better too. for you to talk, and then I'll come back later.
1: Um. Well, because I was just. I. I do before we leave want to talk about the plot of this game a little bit. I know with the difficulty, it was hard to actually get into it or to actually figure out what was going on with the uh the sort of time like time jumps and stuff that were going on uh but one of the things that really appeals about to me about this game is the sort of it's a very very political story and it also is a is about class difference and it's about like uh how bad it is to provide absolute power to religious entities <laughs> and all of these really interesting things that uh, a lot of the other Final Fantasy games also touch on. But this one does it in such an interesting way. Hmm. So to me, this game is written in a way to where it feels like this is a Final Fantasy game if it was written by George R R Martin. <laughs> that's what this game feels like to me um i don't know if any of you like read a plot summary or anything or have any thoughts um there's just it's just so interesting to me the direction that they take the story
4: right well it it's a shame that it did have so many barriers because i think i really would have enjoyed that i mean that was kind of what i liked about the banner saga too was the saga part of it right yeah um if, seeing it move across that the the landscape and the the narrative um but i couldn't get to that in this game because it was just yeah uh the the, the menus and the depth and things like that were just it's interesting kind of
3: yeah see you made me think of two things with that one is that it, it makes me it sounds vaguely reminiscent to me of something like dragon age uh, where yeah. the, the kind of epic mm-hmm. scale of that plot and and the kinds of things that were going on with 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 the conflicts in that um in not just the my, the one I really like, which is, uh, I keep, the title just went out of my head. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the other thing is just, what's fascinating to me too, is that um, there's there's a kind of weird contradiction that happens with the graphical style, because of when the game was was made and the kind of porting of it. So... The the characters, at least for me, in the in the fight sequences, are like these really happy little like sort of Stardew Valley kind uh-huh. of yeah. you know <laughs> pixel characters, and so so when you it, there's a kind of juxtaposition with with a an, like an epic um, plot, but the but but it like it kind of. I don't know how to put it exactly except that the the characters and the, the, the the graphics sort of made that seem smaller and less threatening and less dramatic in a way. Yeah. Uh, I've
4: mean, i always found that true with uh, JRPGs in general, uh, that the, the screen icons are these cutesy tiny little sprites. And then the, the, uh, you know, the, the interstitial narrative icons or or graphics are usually more, uh, more involved, more robust. And they, 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 and, and, and very different. And yeah, that incongruity between those two styles is, has always and, been weird. And
1: meanwhile, me. the little chibi character is talking about executing prisoners and assassinating <laughs> <Right>. their political <laughs> right. opponents. <laughs> right.
3: Well, and, and here's the thing too, like even, even while they're doing that, a lot of them have like their walking animation going. So they're like, yeah. <laughs> they look like they're like walking along happily.
4: <laughs> like from a Disney. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So it was just a very like like a, just a very interesting problem, you know. Well, it's, of, it's... well, the
0: the the thing about that is I don't necessarily. It's um it's just part of the genre. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's a problem if you're coming at it from the other from the other side.
1: Yeah. And to me, so, and and that's really interesting that you bring that up because I've had this sort of ongoing headcanon theory about Final Fantasy games. And that's that they're essentially written and performed like stage plays more than they are. Like, whereas most like Western adventure games are like films. These are written like, sort of like like plays. Right, and the right. way that the characters move around and sort of perform in these over dramatic ways. Like I mean, especially there's a few Final Fantasy games in particular I think of, like nine, but but this one does that too, right? With not just with like the way that characters talk, as if you know we were written in it was written in whatever this universe's equivalent of Middle English is. Uh but right. just yeah, sort of the the cart not necessarily cartoonishness, but just the sort of stylized overdramatic Nature of it, it still sort of feels that way to me.
4: Yeah, for that's, sure. It's interesting that you uh, put it in terms of being like, more like a play, like theater, than a film. Uh, and, and this is the first time I've ever thought of this. That that's that that matches the scene, right? That matches the the way that the environment is built. Um It, it looks more like a stage. Uh, the the areas that you move through, and then the areas where characters are speaking. I think they, they have to be more like little vignettes and, and, and uh, almost theatrical soliloquies and monologues and things like that. And that's what you get out of that. That's an interesting, uh, interesting take on that.
1: Thanks. Because yes. I also feel like the, the drama doesn't come from the action or the blood or the gore. It comes from sort of the dialogue and the results of the actions and the results of the battles more than yeah. maybe from the actual content of the action.
4: I can see that. So yeah, it's also, you've given me a new appreciation for it. It's also very common
0: when you're watching anime for the, you know, the regular action to be taking place with regular anime characters. And then they'll do like a breakaway, maybe where they explain some backstory or something. And suddenly now the characters are, have a more smaller chibi style is what it's called. Like their, their limbs are shorter, their eyes are maybe just black mm-hmm. dots and they look just r- more cutesy. And it's just sort of understood that this is this is now a different this is a different thing now. Now we're we're just taking a moment, of kind of breaking the fourth wall, and you're doing a different thing. And now we're back to the story, and everything looks different. And so the cutscenes are are maybe more uh, elaborate because now are now now we're telling a story, and everything else is okay. Now we're now we have to show you a game. So here, But play also
1: this game. the so the yeah. style of the cutscenes and the like cover art is just so gorgeous to me. Like I absolutely love the arts. Like it's really unique. Like the character designs, like I had never seen anything like the, the artist that did them has a very, very it's not the, the normal character designer for Final Fantasy. They have a different guy for this one.
4: Yeah, um, I did feel like I could watch a whole anime of that in that style and of those characters in that story. But then I, like what Joe was saying, I feel like it was so different from from the actual play style that it, there was a disconnection with that. But
1: yeah, it's definitely hard to break that wall of like if if you're really compelled by the story and having a really hard time with the plot, it's or, or sorry with the with the with the mechanics then it's just yeah it's a little bit compl- i really just wish there was difficulty modes honestly like i feel like the yeah. one difficulty that this game has should be like hard iron man mode or whatever like,
3: <laughs> uh, right and i just want sword and story where's sword and story yes <laughs> light combat with a lot of storytelling that's what i'm after um but yeah, no, I mean, it's, there's so much that's really interesting, not only, I mean, just to take it on its face, but also to take it in the context of the kind of uh, rich number of transitions this game has had that you guys explained earlier. But then also, again, just the context for the technology changes, right? And And that some of the things games, like especially... I, again, I haven't played the Final Fantasies, but like they just came out with that remake of seven, which is like photo, yeah. realistic, right? I mean, it's, so you, you have such a dramatic change in the way that, that these worlds are being represented. Um,
0: anyway. I, I think it's a difference between a remake and a port. And I think a lot of times people don't really, uh, or companies, I guess they're sort of incentivized to not really drive home what the difference between the two is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like people see like, oh, a new port came out and then they expect the experience to be somehow improved or some sort of sequel. But yeah, that's definitely not what this is really supposed to be. It's just literally, it's just letting you play it on a different
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think when this came out, uh, around the same time that Max Payne and a few other things, or in Grand Theft Auto, came out on mobile as well, and it was sort of a big deal because up until then you had a lot of what did you have? You had like you had air horns, you had um, fart noise apps,
3: <laughs> yeah. and then and then you had
0: you know you had maybe you had things like um, like threes and stuff sure. like that. You had very small games, or in Candy Crush Saga, yeah, and Angry very Birds. small games. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some of them were quote-unquote real games, but they were small and limited, and most of them just sort of drove you to, to give them more money or to watch an ad. And then you had these games, so companies wanted, they wanted to dip their toe into the mobile game space, but they did it with ports. And I think it's a shame that now people are trying to make, again, quote-unquote real games like Final Fantasy Tactics or like, uh, you know, a th- even even third-person action shooters like max Payne, there's there's i mean they're not doing max Payne, but they're doing third person action shooters but they're doing it because all these ports sort of failed and they didn't end up making them a lot of money and now they're making them with in-app purchases and they're making them with you know energy bars and stuff like that right
1: uh yeah and that's really interesting so thinking about the mobile as a choice for this game Um, a like yeah, there's no ads there's no in-app purchases you just buy the game uh, which for an rpg like this i would be like i imagine that most people say they're looking for this without you know without ads or in-app purchases but then the reality is that they don't sell as well yeah but also so this game especially the original one but even on the mobile port like you can't really pick it up and play it for just a couple of minutes at a time, which is something we talked yeah. about being a really, really big draw for a lot of the other games. Right. So, I mean, this game, like one individual fight might take you half an hour or longer for some of the really, really late game ones that are back, you know, that they actually are really that from their perspective is really difficult. Um, and... And just, it's so hard to sit there for an hour. Like, it's so much easier to play Lily's Garden for an hour and do yeah. <laughs> 40, 50 puzzles versus sitting there and doing this where, you know, where I would normally expect to be having that sort of experience, like on the console or on PC. Uh, so that makes it a really interesting choice for me. Now, it does do a few well, things that make it easier to suspend the game and come back to it without the actual, you know, saving at the, you know. Uh, but... But still.
0: Yeah, I I think it was a mistake on there. I mean, they have tons of people that make a lot more money than I do that research this stuff. So maybe they know something I don't. But it does seem like this first wave of games that got ported over were just not, were ported over with instinct rather than, you know, user interface or user experience data. Right. And so rather than take the time to do a remake, to fix those interface choices, and or, or to or even just make a new game that's made for mobile, they decided to do a port, and of yeah. course, the port didn't do as well because they had to. They kind of had to make compromises with the user user experience, and that has led now to a lot of these companies thinking, "Well, we can't sell a game without ads and in-app purchases because they don't do well." When really, I think the problem was, it, they just sort yeah. of. Did a half? They they only did it halfway, and they needed yeah. to go a few yeah. steps. More. I would
1: I would absolutely go crazy for a remake of this game for mobile, or a sequel to like an, or just another game just like this for mobile. So they like- they
0: have a tactics game that's looped into their Brave Vexivis, um you know, game where it is a tactics game that uses characters from all over the Final Fantasy <gasps> oh, universe. Yeah, but it's so it is a tactics game and they're they're aiming to make it full-fledged and everything but there is still you know blind packs that you have to get for your characters and there is uh in-app purchases and currencies and but also the
1: the appeal of a game like that like to me that game is like a fan service game versus being its own full-fledged game in and of itself like i haven't played it i it may or or might not be and honestly i love final fantasy decidio it's just sort of the same thing but for a like a fighting game rather than a tactics game. Uh, But I just feel like it's not quite the same thing. And again, I don't know if it's just because as a whole, a lot of companies have just decided that mobile is not a good fit or or what?
3: Well, it does raise the question of what, like, what the limits of mobile are, right? I mean, somebody said it a little bit ago, maybe you, Olivia, that like, this game for me, if you put it in Steam and I and I played it on a seventeen or a, you know twenty-seven inch screen with my keyboard and mouse, I think I would have had a pretty different experience with it, and I would have been much more you know tolerant. And and this is setting aside whether they should have remade the interface or not. Um, there's just something about having like the tightness of the real estate of a phone screen that for yeah. me is uncomfortable for certain kinds of games. Like like I just feel stressed by how much is is sort of being packed into that small space. Um, and, and for me, that was partly what happened here. Like even if if everything were remade for mobile, um, it still felt like a really tight fit. Um, and so it, it does raise for me that question about what, like what games just really aren't suited for mobile and, and nobody should be trying to put them on mobile.
1: What's interesting about that is like, so like in this game, the text is really hard to read uh yeah there's just lots of stuff on the screen at once but i also feel that way about like 3d games on mobile but like fortnite on mobile is incredibly popular even though i couldn't imagine i could not imagine playing it on mobile so i mean it's just like yeah i I can't quite feel out exactly where the limits are and what people can or want to play on mobile
0: yeah i i mean i yeah there's there's a lot of different answers, but one of the main ones is people will play with what they have. And so if, if someone doesn't own a console, but they own a phone and they, they've never even played a console, why wouldn't they play it? Why wouldn't they play Fortnite on their phone? Because they don't, I mean, not just not to deride them or anything, but they don't, they don't, they don't know what they're missing by having a controller. So if it's, it's the same way that, you know, um, Kids grew up with only consoles, and they never played a first-person shooter with a keyboard and mouse. And they get really good at it, and they can, you know, get headshots with their sniper rifle. Whereas if I tried to do that, I I, <laughs> right. I, mean, I absolutely couldn't because I don't have that yeah. muscle memory. That's a really good point. That's what they're forced to do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, the first like I grew up playing games on like an eight-inch like TV that also had a built-in VCR. So, like, and, and I'd never thought it was a problem. Like, I sat really close, and that's probably why I have terrible eyesight now. Uh, and I, but then even playing some of the same games that I used to play, it's just baffling to me that I was just so used to it that I didn't realize <laughs> that better was possible. Nice. So that's yeah. probably def- definitely true.
3: Well, since we're, going, it's, it's, since we're going old school, the first console I ever played was the Odyssey game system by Magnavox. Came out in 1972, and uh, when you bought it, you had to. It came with a set of overlays that were static, attached to the screen of the TV. So they wow they were plastic, and they used static electricity to stick. And so there was a game called Haunted House, and of course, the only thing the Odyssey could do was put white dots on the screen, like Pong. Um, so, so you'd put this Haunted House overlay on the screen and it would be a picture of a haunted house with some little cutouts for the windows. And then the little white dot would appear, and then you would think, oh, that's the ghost, because, you know, that's what's in the haunted <laughs> house. Um, but anyway, it's, just, it's interesting to think about like that evolution, too, right? Historically, I mean... I didn't go, oh, this sucks. I thought this is the greatest thing ever invented by humans. Like now I have a haunted right. house with a, like a light gun where I can shoot at these ghosts. And um, so kind of connecting imagination to the limits of technology, it feels like from the very beginning, video games have done that.
2: And I, I think especially with how many of the, the like higher priced games on mobile, how many of them are ports, uh, it's important to keep in mind, like, how, especially with console games, and especially with even earlier console games, how much they're optimized for that platform, right? Like, so the menu system isn't the greatest in this, but picturing it with uh, a D-pad um, on like an old school controller, uh, that that sounds a lot better to me. Um, and you know, I think you could you could obviously do a lot better in terms of control schemes designing from the ground up for mobile. Uh, but we do kind of have this adverse reaction to higher price games um, right. that, that something of similar scale would require, I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I think if you, if you did make a game from the ground up for mobile, and there, there are smaller studios that have done this, and you released it for full price and didn't have ads, I think people would buy it. But at this point, people are sort of wary about it. Because most of the time it's just a port, or it's something that you know is maybe made by an independent studio. That uh, there, I think some, sometimes you have to be a little bit forgiving of an independently produced game, and a lot of people aren't willing to do that. So those things don't become huge commercial successes.
1: I'm definitely guilty of that too. Like honestly, so I knew that this port existed on mobile, and I had looked at it before and been like. Man, it'd be really cool to play that game, but I bet the ports bad, so I'm not going to play it. And 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 that may or may not be true. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean even knowing that games might be worth or are usually worth more money to for like single purchases on mobile than we give them credit for. Like I still still feel that way because you just see it with a list of other games that are just free, 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 $1, free. and
4: Right, right. Yeah.
0: But to, to your earlier question, Joe, what's possible on mobile, I think genre-wise, almost any genre is possible. There are right. tactics games that work and they have in-app purchases, so I tend to not like them as much. Mm-hmm. But the tactics part of it works. So like, like um, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, that's pretty good. The the map is much smaller generally. Um you can scroll around to see it if it's if it's bigger and goes off screen, but it's still generally smaller than something in a Final Fantasy tactics map. Right, for sure. But the tactics works, but I think what doesn't work is a five minute cutscene <laughs> that you can't that you can't skip. You right. know what I mean? Or that or or that you can't won't be able to review later or something like that. Like you you have to you have to design for the way that people use phones. But yeah. you can still have rich stories. You just can't present it with movies.
3: Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. I'm so glad we've done this this series on mobile games because it just it really points out a lot of um, kind of boundary lines that we don't talk about much when we focus only on on console and, and, and uh, computer games. so it's, it's just interesting how much of the space gets kind of articulated when we go to a different format like this. So I'm glad
4: we're doing yeah, it. I agree. I, I mean, agree.
2: It's such a diverse format too. I mean like on one hand at least, you know I mean obviously uh, it's all coming through touchscreen. Uh, but something I didn't I didn't quite get to earlier with my comments about you know uh, being optimized for one platform mobile games have to support like so many different like aspect ratios and screen sizes uh and, like the back-end platform is different across you know the different uh versions of phones uh right there's there's a lot of work that goes into just you know making an experience that's really flexible for lots of different people
1: mm-hmm.
2: definitely So um, what about final thoughts from people, maybe?
0: Oops, sorry, I was on mute. Final uh,
1: Fantasy, thoughts. <laughs> yes.
0: So. Final Fantasy 17. Uh, yeah, so I thought that the game... Oh, wait, do I go last? Sorry, we'll probably have to cut that out. Uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Tanner go has ahead. to go last because he's next month. Okay, got it. Yep. Right. So I like this game... Um, I think tactics games in general get a pass on a lot of things for me, but on mobile, um, even if it's slightly better than the other tactics games on mobile, it still doesn't quite hit the mark mostly because of the the interface things. But I think that's, that's a problem with mobile, mobile ports. It's not necessarily a a fault of the game itself. And uh, it has a lot to teach us about, you know, what it means to make a mobile game and you can't just start with a successful game and, you know, use a different compiler. You have to be a little bit more thoughtful than that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree uh, all the way with that. Um, And I I think that's, that is where it suffered is that they were, I think to the purists who love the original game, it's probably, uh, it probably hits a lot of those great points with them. Uh, because it's something that they love, but uh, for someone who's coming to it fresh, um, those those uh, sort of roadblocks that we talked about that it set up through mostly the interface and the, those difficulties uh, just made it a little hard for me to get into. Joe,
3: what do you oh, think? Oh, sorry. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really glad we played it because um, it did. It kind of made me realize um, that uh, a, again, a that it it kind of showed me some of the boundaries that mobile has. Um, only because of if if a game isn't designed in a particular way, it's really going to be challenging for it to work in in a part- in that really tight space. But also, um, I just. It kind of harkens back to a time when games um were were still in a bunch of ways figuring out what was appropriate for users and players and and what was um you know what was useful about a tutorial and how much of a tutorial should you have and and did players really care about tutorials and and um like, all of the things that, are, that were kind of being uh, shaped in that period, um, this game kind of reminded me of those. So that made me happy. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we, we had it in the mix.
1: Cool. Well, you know, even as a, as a really big fan of the original, I don't feel like my nostalgia was enough for me to get over those roadblocks of the interface very easily. Um, but and, and and you're right. I do feel like it's really worth talking about uh, just to think about uh, to think about how mobile's different and why not every game is, even though in theory it might make a good port in practice. Uh, it probably would take a lot more work than they are probably willing to spend on the project to actually make it the sort of the experience it needed to be to actually bring it to a new audience. But, uh, but I do feel like the game itself, like the the story, and once you get through that initial barrier of difficulty, is it's a really really satisfying, decently well designed game, uh, and it was cool to revisit it and just to think about it and remember it again at the very least.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I sort of agree with everybody's take so far. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like the uh, some of the porting issues didn't actually bother me that badly, uh, like in terms of personal preference. Um, but I also have a pretty big phone screen, so it uh, may have been a little bit easier to interact with. But, but overall, the, the sort of core, Gameplay, even though it was really hard, uh, is something that I still really enjoy, uh, even even if it's a little bit obtuse at times. Uh, so so that part um, is is a pretty big positive for me. But but overall, I'm really glad we included this. Uh, is is a way to look at how mobile games. Uh, exist in the space they do, right? How how other, other games get ported to the platform, um, the strengths and weaknesses, uh, especially with how many of our, our games from previous season have been uh, PC-based. So with that, I think we can announce next month's game if we don't have any anything else.
1: I have yeah. something else. Okay. <laughs> what? I think Joe should play another Final Fantasy game.
2: I agree. I <laughs> just we wanted have,
1: to go on record.
3: Should we have a poll on the Patreon and people can vote on which one I should play? Like? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, if our Patreon was still still open, that would be great. Wait,
4: Thank what about all do? of our Patreon <laughs> members out there in, in listening land?
2: <laughs> you guys all, are the all best two of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's me and Joe.
4: So.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's my dollar go every month? <laughs> right. And vote on my own games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, so next month, uh, it's my turn to pick. And so I tried to find something that I thought leans pretty heavily into uh, mobile as a platform. Um, and so I decided to go with Lifeline 2 Bloodline by 3 Minute Games um, as part of a, I don't know what to call it other than a a messenger game genre. Uh has kind of a unique twist so hopefully everybody will, will give that a try and we can meet up again next month to, to
4: talk about it and as far as Joe knows it's deep, deep horror Yes, the genre yes. no, <laughs> no it isn't
1: <laughs> you're playing Amnesia The Dark Descent Bubble pour.
4: Sinua sacrifice. All of you shut up right now. (laughs) It's a deep psychological thriller with, yeah, all that. Good. Trauma. I love it. All right. Well, I will close this out here. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to us, as always, on the Study and Games podcast. Um, our music playing below us right now is Plain Loafer from Kevin MacLeod. If you played along with uh, this Final Fantasy Tactics game with us, let us know on our website or on our Facebook page, and there'll be links for that all over the place. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.